0: Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks.
1: Welcome back around, and welcome to a whole new world for <laughs> Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Good to be with you today. Thanks for joining us for the podcast. My name is Joel
0: Hoover. Je m'appelle David what? French. Oh, Ooh what does that mean? La. It means my name is.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Je m'appelle Dave.
1: Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is indeed back in both English and French. <laughs> uh, that's not that's not our only big news of the day. We are sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, located on Highway 2, just down from the airport. The Bemidji Theater, like us, anxiously awaiting when we can get back to the movies and actually go to the movies. Thank you for joining us today, and we have two big pieces of news uh, that are podcast-related to kick off with today. First, first things first, in terms of like longevity, we just crossed the three-year mark of this podcast being in existence, which kind of blew me yeah, away. True. Yeah, that blew me away when we got to the beginning of the month of April, and that realization hit that we have reached this point where we've been around for this long doing the podcast. It was really cool to think about that. We've had some stops along the way in terms of times where, whether it was with uh, tech or whether it was with playback, which we'll get to in a moment, um, or ideas or life stuff going on. We've had to take breaks, but I'm so glad that we've had... Three years worth of this, and now sixty episodes as well, Dave.
0: Been fun sitting here listening and watching Hoove grow up all these years, right before my eyes and ears.
1: <laughs> watching me grow up. <laughs> How about just watching this whole venture grow up. This, this is this is a, our
0: sixtieth episode.
1: Yeah, this is a passion project in many ways, but it's cool that this passion project has become such a fun thing that you and I enjoy coming and doing every two weeks and. Coming up with new ideas for. And even though we've done 60 episodes worth, there's so much more that we can keep on coming up with, which is pretty cool to think about.
0: Movies have been going on, I can't say forever, but for a darn long time. If they can, we can. And clearly we've got the passion for it. And we've spent the last um, couple weeks here uploading all these uh, archived episodes into our new uh, setup for the website. A lot of you that have been listening and following for a while. Uh, we redid the websites, the uh, new websites. When you kind of like reconfigure a room, you t- you move everything out of the room. You tear everything apart, then you put things back, and then you put things back into the room. That's kind of been the way with the website so that a lot of the episodes, none of the episodes were available for a while. And we re-uploaded everything on the podcast one, all the old archived episodes. Um, some episodes that were two-parters originally were able to be one-parters again, so double episodes. And uh, finally, we're done. This is the first new episode that we are putting now up onto the website. And the cool thing is you can kind of get some more isometrics as to who's listening and where. And we have listeners in Portugal. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> and across the country and yeah. outside San Francisco and in Atlanta and other places – Uh, hey welcome aboard nice to have you just finding us out of the blue on podcast one or however you reach us
1: that is the other piece of news of the day with the podcast is that we are indeed now on podcast one so it is a whole new world and a whole new ball game here for the show and if you are just joining us for the first time on podcast one or again wherever you get your podcasts feel free to subscribe to the show we put new episodes up about every two weeks and don't just subscribe and, and listen to this, this new episode. We encourage you to go through the archives. Check out some of the work that that we've had and some of the the topics we've discussed in the past. You're going to see some dated stuff. Yes, it might be interesting to listen back to. I would think our to. spring
0: preview would be interesting these days with uh, no more spring season.
1: Well, your disclaimer that you included on the spring preview I think is proof of that. But yeah. it is interesting to go back through the old episodes, though, and to to listen back to if it's a timed one kind of listening to how did that how you know how did things change from that time um hey that avengers preview you know how did that work out for them or there are some that just they they are good for any time they're topical yeah. type type of things now the first 15 20 minutes where we talk about Um, something current yeah something that's current or going on that might be a little bit out of date but it might still be very interesting to listen back to it's a snapshot in time it is it is indeed so um feel free to take a listen to the old episodes of the podcast um and feel free to enjoy our rick and nick related jokes that we have as well um those two continue to find excuses to not show up uh they i think they're still in the hazmat
0: suits are you guys Just coming in today you do your podcast? Hey, stay safe, stay home, man. We're staying home again. Yep. What, the, like when the pandemic was two years ago, that's why you were staying home? Well, you know, um, we were preparing. <laughs> they Hey,
1: they keep their name on the uh, on the ledger for this thing, though. Somewhat, one way or another, their name is the one that's still on the marquee, even though you and I are the ones who have shown up out front.
0: Kids, this is called lack of work ethic. You want to make sure you do better. And Richard, and Nicholas. That's
1: correct. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're we're back here again. And Dave, you and I were discussing today's episode uh, last week a little bit. Yeah. And you said something along the lines of, you know, we've had some downers for episodes lately. And in, in two different facets. One was, we've been a little bit critical in some of our most recent episodes, like critiquing things or oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. And then of course our last episode was Well, what's the impact going to be of the coronavirus on movies and on film and on cinema just in general going to the theater? What's that impact going to look like for people? So you wanted to try to change gears a little bit here for this episode, and it was your idea that we talk about what we're watching right now.
0: Something in better mood where it's more uppy. You know, where it's more, everyone's kind of at home right now. You can't go to the movie theaters. There are no movie theaters right now, which is unheard of prior to 19, you know, 20, whatever, when movies were created. But theaters were always a great place to gather. Now you can't gather anywhere for any reason, whether that's church, whether it's stadiums, whether you name it, you can't get together. Uh, some states even got groups where, I, th- I read Australia. Will not let groups larger than five assemble, which must really be hard for the Von Trapp family, <laughs> you know. Well, there's there's yeah. there's nine people in the house. Or Philip nope, Rivers nope. family, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how how do you how do you get around this? A lot of people, entertainment in all forms, podcasts are being consumed at a rate like you've never seen before. Because in a lot of cases, what else are you going to do? So what are we watching? Let's talk about positivity. Uh, what are we watching, and what is out there to watch, and in particular. I kind of wanted to go, myself personally, I'm going to go dip more into the Wayback Machine because the stuff that's new, still being promoted, still being talked about, a lot of people are checking it out, but finding something to watch, a song to listen to, whatever the case, there's a lot of stuff that came around. Before you came around, correct. You know? So if the, why not go back and to see something in the seventies? Maybe I don't want to hear seventies music. Why don't you like Aerosmith? Well, yeah. Well, that's where they kind of got their stuff. Really, Walk This Way. You don't like Aerosmith? Walk. Well, I love that. That's from the seventies. Movies are the same way. So movies from the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Stuff that isn't necessarily brand new. Kind of fun to dip back into that stuff cuz there is some great shows as Scotty and I have been loaning you some stuff. That's right. Um, what was the one you just watched? I heard you guys uh, debating it the other day from down the hall.
1: Well, I watched Contact just this Jody weekend. Foster, yeah. yeah, and got to watch that one. Yeah, Jodie Foster, Matthew McConaughey. Very and I also uh, of course I mentioned in the last episode of the podcast that I watched 12 Monkeys as well. That was another notable one. Um, you've loaned me a couple of movies that I haven't gotten a chance to to dive into as of yet.
0: You'll get there. You'll yes. love them.
1: Um, but here's here's something fun to to consider, Dave, when it comes to making the home movie experience a fun one during this time. Do like a double feature during the evening, or even just one feature during the evening. If you if you're watching with your family, you know you're maybe you're trying to limit screen time a little bit, which is a good idea. Make it like a film festival, almost, with one or two movies featured each night, and make it a big deal. Like, get popcorn for everybody. Turn down the lights. Have everybody gather around. Make it a a real cinematic experience within the home. That's part of the fun of, of watching movies. I think we've talked about this before. People just consume movies these days, whether it's on your phone or on your tablet or your laptop. People consume movies sometimes these days. This is a time where make it a little bit more fun by not just ripping through movies, but by sitting down. If you've got, like, I've got a board where I can write some of that, that wet chalk writing. I've got one of those boards, and it's a cinema board, and I can write the title of the movie on it up there. Like, make it an event by doing things like that. And that can add a little bit extra fun to having to watch movies during a time like the one that we're in make it film festival type do some older movies that that maybe you wouldn't typically dabble into give give some of them a watch
0: it's funny that's exactly what we did at our house last night a double feature full cinema experience we have a popcorn maker downstairs and we fired that yes. thing up. and i mean it looks like a I've miniature, seen it. Yeah. And it was—that's exactly what we did. My kiddo is starting to get into Star Wars, so we—he's seen it before, but we watched the original Star Wars again. I think that's his third time. He's four, so we're doing—we're doing well, and he's asking for it. And after that, my wife and I watched—we're uh, doing a Back to the Future revival, so we watched part two last night. Sweet, and uh, so yeah, double feature at the house. The kiddo was in on the first one and went to bed after that. And popcorn was made, the shades were pulled. Um, I haven't. We even watched the one on disc because it's got the THX opening rather than streaming it on Disney. Yeah, because that got his attention. All of a sudden, oh, boy, he was there. Oh yeah, he was. He was sucked in after that. But he was doing a lot of jumping around with his lightsabers, so it was a different kind of experience. But he loved it. Well, he's watched
1: it enough times by now that it all it does is just get him fired up, right?
0: He likes to fight Darth Vader of course swinging his lightsaber at the screen and we have somebody got us a Darth Vader statue for Christmas. It's sitting up right by the TV so he likes to hit Darth Vader with his lightsaber. Which is okay <laughs> cuz at least it's not Dad. Yep. Yeah, I've been
1: I've been trying to mix uh th- this is kind of where my mind has gone. I've been trying to mix old favorites with new ones that yeah. I haven't watched before and Sometimes the challenge with me is getting my mind up to okay I need to give this one a try. I need to give this movie a try and get into it. Um oh the other one that I had watched for the first time crazy I'd
0: watched it for the first time was Bull Durham. That was oh, the other yeah. one that I had watched
1: for and that Scott had loaned me and I hadn't seen it before. So That's that was when I heard the one. debate.
0: It's not even about the Durham Bulls. True, yeah, it's
1: not. <laughs> for portions of it it's not. Yeah. But um Did you like it? It was all right. It's okay. it's not my style in some respects, although in terms of an ode to the elements of of clubhouse culture and baseball, I mean, I guess there's that piece to it as well, but some of the content is not exactly my style. Sex
0: and baseball, heavy on the baseball for you, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Um
1: anyway, I can I okay. can see why I could see why a lot of people like it. It's not quite my cup of tea, but okay. um so I've been trying to mix in some old favorites with with some newer ones that that um that I've watched. So and also a mixture of times as well. So I, I've watched a few '90s and '80s related movies here lately, but I've also gone back to like the '50s and '60s with some of the movies I've been watching. Here's one. I don't know if you've ever seen this one before or not, Dave. Have you ever heard of the Ipcress File?
0: Yeah, I've. I remember seeing parts of it. I don't think I ever sat down to watch it. Okay. But it was one of those things where when I was old enough to stay up late enough, my parents were watching it and I saw part of it. Well, this is one maybe to
1: to write down because you can't find it for streaming. You can't find it anywhere online for streaming as as far as like legal streaming. Um because I tried to find it like on YouTube to stream or I tried to find it on Amazon Prime to stream. I I could not find it. So I finally decided. You know what? I I saw this on TV a while back. I like the movie. It's one of Michael Caine's earliest roles, and Harry Saltzman produced it. Hmm. This was during the mid '60s. I, I think during it was '65. Yeah, he had been, of course, working with Cubby Broccoli on the James Bond movies. This is this is a movie. The Chris file. It's based off a book, and it's about the the everyman James Bond. He th- this guy is not a. You know he's he's coming in and, and the world is being kind of handed to him and he's going into thrilling espionage. His espionage is much more um, backstreets of London and his his home style is very apartment based. You you see him making his own coffee during the opening credit sequence, and it's it's a very different vibe. It's it's a lot more a lot more of a deeper cut, tongue in cheek than uh, the Bond movies are. But it's it's still very good, and many people revere it as being one of Britain's best films. Um, so I watched that one, and then I watched its sequel, Funeral in Berlin. Um, they're the Harry Palmer movies because that's that's his his character. So James Bond meet Harry Palmer. He's the everyman spy, <laughs> and so I, I watched those. Um, I I got the Ipcris file. I found it on eBay, and then I streamed uh, Funeral in Berlin and got a chance to watch those. So-
0: you can't stream the original, but they're streaming the sequel?
1: Right. Okay. I think uh, there was a very limited release anyway for the Ipcris file, I believe, when it was first released. But it, it was widely praised. So they, they made several follow-up movies, um, Funeral in Berlin and then I think another one. And then I think two decades later, they revisited the Harry Palmer movies again with Michael Caine aboard once again. So I, I got a chance to watch those. That was That was a fun dip back in time. A little bit, and again, a little bit harder to find those, but might be for the Ipcris file at least one to write down. Um, And it's it's the best of the series too. And then I've I've been watching a few that I that I've watched many times over or a few times over. What I love, Dave, is um, I've I've seen more and more appreciation. It seems whether it's been through Disney Plus or um, just people. After what they've seen with Star Wars from Disney so far, there seems to be a growing appreciation for how good Rogue One was. And yeah. and I watched that movie back again, and I I, I love that movie. I, I really really do. And I I think I've mentioned it here on the podcast before, but um that movie is has gotten a, I think a growing appreciation from people.
0: I don't I, I agree. I don't understand why people kind of gave it a hard time anyway. Well, there were scenes in the trailer that weren't in the movie. I don't care. I don't care. There were rewrites and if stuff. They changed the whole ending. So what? It doesn't matter. It And that worked. doesn't make it any different from a lot of other movies where, for one reason or another, they had a pre and it didn't go well and they made some big adjustments. I don't care. It I worked. don't care. If you sit down and it's a good movie, I care. And Rogue One, the day I sat down and watched it for the very first time in the theater, it was a great movie. And it's to the point where I would almost, if I'm introducing Star Wars to a younger fan, I would almost show him that and then it leads right into the original and it's a little more paced I think it's you know the original is slower but it's great but this one's got more modern things but it's still good and if you like it oh boy are you in luck cuz there's three more great movies come immediately after this one yep. and then we can go from there. Yeah. But I don't I don't understand the why people got so critical on it. I don't think it's a bad movie I think people's tone has changed, though, on that. I would think so, because if you actually see it, I think that tells you something. If there's a lot of criticism about it, and only once they see it do they realize how good it is, what are you criticizing? A movie you've not seen? Yeah. You know, then I don't think you have that point to criticize. Now, I will say I've stepped out and I've said, I heard it was really bad. I didn't say this movie is awful. I can't say that unless I've seen it. There are some movies like Holmes and Watson we talked about with John C. Riley and with Will Ferrell. I've not seen it. I don't want to see it because everyone that has seen it said the movie was absolutely horrible. Yep. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll be flipping channels and there it'll be. I was like, well, let's see how bad it is. And after 20 minutes, I could say, I saw 20 minutes of it and it was boring. And it's toward the end of the movie where it should be good. Then I could say something about it. But if you're just criticizing a movie to criticize, well, I've heard everyone says it's bad, so it is bad. You don't know that until you've seen it. I may not want to see it because all the people saying, don't, just don't, just don't. There's me and Holmes and Watson. Rogue One, oh, I hear it's a bad movie. Then you watch it and you realize what a great movie it is. I'll bet you, not that Solo was an amazing movie, but it wasn't a bad movie. It's a good popcorn movie. It is a good popcorn movie. It's nothing amazing. Whether you're going to accept Alden Eisenreich as a young Han Solo over Harrison Ford He's irrelevant. You're not going to get Harrison Ford and de-aging makeup to let him play the role. It's not going to happen, and he doesn't want to do it.
1: And they weren't going to do a full movie of the whole CGI treatment like they tried in Rogue One.
0: But here's what you found out. They were going to spin that off into its own mini saga with sequels and everything. Aren't going to happen now. And now people didn't go see the movie because they're boycotting it, and now they're seeing it. Well, I'd like to see a sequel to this. Well, it's not going to happen now. Because everyone was, oh, it's a bad movie. Don't see the movie. And the movie straight up bombed at the box office because nobody went to see it. It was one of the better movies that you haven't seen. We'll have to
1: keep an eye on that moving forward because, I mean, they're they're making a a Cassian Andor TV series. And and that kind of manifested out of Rogue One's success and post-success that it's had now. So we'll see. Rick and Nick Talk Flix is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, as we're talking about what we're watching uh, here during the quarantine shutdown. I, w- I was going to say, this is it's kind of like the quarantine queue that we've got going on yeah. here, more or less. Um, so, do you want to get into stuff that's, still, that's streamable, or do you have some other movies that you've been watching that you feel are worth bringing up?
0: To me, I don't think it really matters. I mean, everyone, everyone's streaming, uh, but what are you streaming? You know, do you have Netflix? Do you have CBSL access? Do you have? And there's so many more coming. You know, how many have got Disney Plus? Well, I don't have Disney Plus, but I have this. So I don't think it really matters what you suggest and what it's available on. I think darn near everything, if nothing else, is available to download or rent on Amazon Prime, uh, even if it's just for 24 hours or however long that is. I don't have Amazon Prime myself, but if I really wanted to, I could. Not that big a deal. So, it's not so much what you've got to stream, it's what's out there to watch. And if you really want to find it and you really want to watch it, go for it. And if it's on your streaming yeah. platform, check it out. And if it's not on your streaming platform, you know, the reason I got Netflix in the first place was I wanted to see Stranger Things. When the first Stranger Things had been out for like a really? year and it was really getting good reviews, like, I really, really want to see it. Will I be willing to do the nine bucks a month or whatever? Yes, I will. And so we did, and loved Stranger Things all three seasons so far. And hey, there's other things to see on Netflix too. And so it's been good. So it, it's it's really what you want to do. You really are the captain of your own ship. Do you want to watch the show? Do you want to subscribe to X number of streamers? You know, it's up to you. Whatever you want to do. Do you want to cut the cable? It's up to you. Yep. We do both. We ha- we do it all. We have cable. We have streaming. And I've got a whole bunch of DVDs. So pretty much, if I want to see it, we're going to see it. Yeah. It's kind of how it goes.
1: Yeah, you're I like in, options. You're in good shape then. Yeah. Yep. By the way, um, here's another one that I've watched uh, during, this, during this whole time um, in the last two weeks. And it was another one. I hadn't owned it until recently. I, I just got it through eBay, through eBay and I found it. Um, and I was like, you know what? This is what I've been meaning to add to my collection for a little while. And especially with um, another one of his movies coming soon, I did not own Memento. Until oh. recently, so I got Memento and watched it back again. Just reminded myself of how layered that movie is. It, it got me, of course, excited for Tenet whenever it gets released. Yeah, but it was so it was such a great ride back into you know I remember this or no I don't remember this or I think I'm piecing it together better now than I ever have before in terms of how it all plays out. But it gets your mind ruminating after you watch. A movie like that,
0: and that's that's one of the things I love. There's a feature on the DVD that it's an Easter egg. If you find it, and I don't don't ask me how to find it. I've found it before, but I had to look it up. So look it up. And there's a feature on the DVD that you can watch the movie in sequence. Really? Yeah. And I've seen it in sequence. Okay. I, tried I have it the out.
1: Blu-ray, so I wonder if they've if they've know. got it on there.
0: Uh, you know, if you look it up, I'll bet. You, why would they not? You know, Blu-ray is supposed to be the ultimate experience. Well, that's a little Easter egg. I've watched it, and I found that sometimes it's in the presentation. It's, you know, because the way it's presented. So if you watch it all the way straight through, it's still a good movie. It's a good story. But, but it's it misses not something. the
1: same. Yeah, right. for a
0: guy, for those of you that have not seen Memento, it's about a guy who's trying to solve the wife, his wife's murder, and he himself was attacked and has suffered short-term memory loss and can't form new memories. So they present the movie to you backwards. I mean it's not like people walking backwards down a stairs, it's you see a scene played forward but you have not seen the scene that takes place before that. The very next scene is the scene that leads right up to the scene you just saw. So, just like the character, you have no idea what has just happened. So, you you take every minute almost like it's a brand new minute and then you everything changes. You know, you get one character that's pretty cool and then they do the next scene that took place before it where they're really not cool. Or you know, it's it's you, you are presented the movie in the perspective of the character Leonard, uh really good role. Oh, I know the guy's name, I can't say it. Guy Pierce. Yes. Everything Guy Pierce is in is fantastic.
1: Two things on that. Uh first, with with the people they use. Um they have they have Carrie Ann Moss and Joe, I think it's Joe Palantonio, yep. is how you say his name. Yeah. Christopher Nolan did really well in in utilizing two people who many had seen just recently in The Matrix. And I think That's he did right, a yeah. I think he did really well to capitalize on the perception that people had of both of them from that movie. And I think he capitalized on the mindset that people had coming in about the about these two people. Um Joe Palantonio had been um this this betrayer in in The Matrix. Um, within within the team, and suddenly I'm blanking on his his name in the Cipher. movie. Yeah, Cipher, and of course, um, Carrie Ann Moss was Trinity. And I think Christopher Nolan plays on the way that people view them after a movie like that in such a great way. In particular, with Joe Palantonio. but he he does that
0: with Carrie Ann Moss as well. Carrie Ann um, Moss, I can't. I'd have to look. I don't know what she did of anything of note prior to the na- Matrix, and you haven't seen much of her since the Matrix or since Memento, and now she's going to be in the new Matrix movie. Joe Palantino goes way, way back. I mean, he was in The Goonies. he's one of the bad guys in The Goonies. He was in, you know, Bad Boys and in The New One, too. He's been a character actor forever. Yeah. But he plays everything from soup to nuts. You know, he does everything. Good guys, bad guys, funny, straight. Uh, so you can get anything and everything from him. But Carrie Ann Moss... It's kind of been Trinity and Memento, and I'd have to look if she's in anything else. I know she is, but I haven't heard of it. I haven't really heard of anything else either. She's been kind of under the radar. Apart from those two. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The second thing that stood out from that movie is... and. I know we usually talk about spoilers here within the show, and we give people a warning on that. I'm going to avoid talking spoilers here and say that the themes from that movie stand out maybe more to me now than ever. Like, it's not just an incredible movie in terms of the storytelling nature of it. The themes that that you come away with from the movie are very very interesting to think about, especially in terms of the way our minds operate and the way our minds process things. I'll I'll leave it at that. But it it became even more apparent to me on another
0: watchback. Take Hoove's advice about the double feature. Although in this case, it'll be both movie is the same movie twice. <laughs> because when you finish Memento, what you're almost going to sit there staring at the credits, just your mind going, what? And you. You look at people sitting on the couch next to you. want to see this again? Yeah, I kind of need to. You'll start it over knowing where it's going yep, and trying to follow it a little closer. And that's what we did the very first time I ever saw it. We watched it again immediately. All, and immediately. Everybody, everybody was there were like, yeah, I, I'm really tired, but I need to see this again or I won't be able to go to sleep. You know, it was one of those kind of movies. Um, I. I can't say I'd call it necessarily a twist. It kind of is, but the whole movie is a twist. It is. Every scene is a twist on the previous scene, so it just the whole movie is. Let's do the twist, baby. You've got
1: to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. you've got to pay attention, and yeah, you might have Chubby Checker running through your mind a little bit.
0: But I came up with a couple ideas from a couple of different genres. Try this one for this. Try here's a comedy. Yes. Here's an adventure one. I, you know, I figure I just kind of go alphabetical. I wrote them down on a list, so they came out alphabetical. Start with something spooky, something, you know, kind of scary. Very Stephen King-esque. You ever see 1408, John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson about the haunted I have, hotel room? I have heard of it. It's a good – It's, it's you almost think Stephen King wrote it, and he didn't. He had nothing to do with it, and but he's seen it and put his stamp of approval on it, and I think he said something along the lines of, hey, I'm really – I'm uh, flattered that people call this very Stephen King-esque since I had nothing to do with it. But yeah, it kind of is. It's about, John Cusack is a true, a true, true crime is not the right thing, but he writes a series of schlocky books, the world's most haunted bed and breakfast, the world's most haunted houses, and he's just, that's all he really does. He gets suggestions from people around the country and he spends the night in these spooky ends that are really nothing at all. But then he hears about this haunted hotel room in New York City and this fictional hotel, room 1408. And he's determined to stay in there. And the hotel manager, you know, Stephen uh, Samuel L. Jackson, is basically, I will do whatever you want to not go in there. What is so important? Because I don't want to clean up the mess. And it just becomes more and more intriguing. And finally, John Cusack's character wins out and he gets to spend the night in the room. And I'll leave it at that. But it really is... There's moments that are truly terrifying, but it's more of a psychological innard. Now, here's the kicker. There were two endings to the movie, one that was theatrical and one that was not. And I'm not going to go into the elaborate, what is the difference between them, but they're vast differences. It's worthwhile watching them both. One is clearly, I think, better than the other. And if you've caught this movie before, you may have caught one of the other endings. And one of them... I'm not going to elaborate. I'm just not going to elaborate. Okay. Just leave it at that. Um, is as far superior than the other one, but th- one of them really is like, oh, that's too bad. And the other one really gets you, th- oh, my gosh, that's deep. And the deep one is the one I really prefer. It's well worth checking out if you're feeling like getting a little creeped out. 1408, John Cusack, great movie. That might be one to watch at,
1: like, 9 o'clock at night if yeah, you're doing the,
0: what, your feature or your double feature. <laughs> second of your double feature when the kids go to bed. Yeah.
1: Something that's, uh, at night, a little bit darker, Yeah, it sounds like, is the time.
0: Is it streamable anywhere? Probably. I you know, Honestly, when I came up to my list, I didn't even bother to look to see where it is. I mean, it's available somewhere. In this day and age, it's available somewhere. One thing I should, pa- I should bring up that kind of struck me earlier... So, on, you know, where we're doing this podcast, Paul Bunyan Broadcasting, we have five radio stations here, and one of them is getting ready for the 80s weekend. One of the best ways to tie into an 80s weekend is to kind of get into the way it was in all ways. Back in the 80s, if you had a TV show you loved and you missed that episode, you missed it forever it may not come back up again. And, you know, there was no internet to look it up. You couldn't go stream the episode or DVR it. You may be able to VCR it if you could figure out how to do it right. Um, But, you know, the fact that there's a movie you want to watch and now you have to look for it and wait for it, welcome back to the 80s. I had to stand in record stores and try to sing songs to the guys behind the counter the best that I could remember so that I could find out what the song was.
1: Aren't you glad things have changed? Oh, now Now you got Shazam. Shazam. You just hit Shazam.
0: Would you like to purchase this song now? Yes, I would. To be back in the day was to know how to wanna. I wanna see this movie, but you got to find it. you got to earn it. Welcome back to the 80s in a way. So some of these, this sounds interesting. Well, go find it. Where is it streaming? You can look that stuff up.
1: You certainly can, and I mean, I've got Netflix pulled up in front of me right now. It seems like the selection right now on Netflix is very deep oh, and very yeah. vast. I think, and I think that's kind of intentional, given that there are so many people who are at home right now.
0: I think it even happened before that. One of the things with Netflix was, we got 9,000 titles or whatever it was. Yeah, but of those 1,000 titles, 500 were big-name things that anybody and everybody would want to see, and others were direct video schlock. You know, you, and we've been victim to that, too, where you start a movie and you're 15 minutes in, we're like, done, pass, veto, this is going nowhere, you know, and so you you jump out of it. They've gotten a lot better. They've gotten a lot deeper with shows, with movies, um, and I think that's the case with a lot of things. I mean, I'd like to see more 20th Century Fox titles, the adult corner on Disney+. Plus, You know, that would be good, other than the Star Wars movies and a couple of others, There is not much from 20th Century Fox that found
1: at all. It's all Disney-related right now, which is not all bad. It it is kind of funny to look back at some of the old Disney feature films that, that were live action from back in the day. For instance, I grew up watching Swiss Family Robinson. Um, the one that they did with uh, Dorothy McGuire was in that one, and you'll recognize a couple of other people in there if you watch it. But um, I've I've grown up watching that one, and that I saw that they have that in the in the list, and I was like, man, it'd be fun to go back and watch that again too. Or or Treasure Island, the old Treasure Island that they did um, as well. That was another one that that came to mind too. Um, here's one too. If you've got Disney Plus, maybe you've seen Flubber with Robin Williams. Yeah. Perhaps you've seen that. Well, did you know that Flubber is actually a remake? It's a remake. Yeah, I've seen the
0: Jerry Lewis version. I'm
1: sure you know that, Dave, but I I wonder if many others do that. It it was actually based off a movie called The Absent Minded Professor, and I watched that one time when I was like in middle school or something. and And it's on there. It's black and white. The basketball in there is very old school fifties, but at the same time, you still get that that flubber effect and it's funny to watch it in in an older movie as well. So, I'm not surprised that you've seen it, Dave, but I'm curious how many others have. But it's you know, uh, it's there.
0: One of the fun things and you know the only reason I ever saw the original Absent-Minded Professor was because my mom loved that movie and one day it was on, "Oh, Dave, you got to come in and watch this movie." And she would show things to me that I may have otherwise passed on. And there's no saying there's anything different about that with this current generation, and I mean of all current living generations, uh, you know, Scotty and I are giving you titles that you've not seen. Right? You know, you're going to like them to some degree. We're not going to here. Try this; you'll hate it. You know, I don't want to show you certain things, but other things you're going to like. This get past this one thing, and you're going to love this. Oh, you'll love everything about this. I loaned you Inner Space. You'll love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, so share with the later generations. The things that you love from your generation, and they'll, if nothing else, develop an appreciation for it. A lot of kids, I don't want to watch this black and white. That immediately is a turnoff. You'd be amazed on how many great shows there are. This last Halloween, I finally sat down and watched all the way through the original 1930-whatever Frankenstein and Boris Karloff. I'd seen it, all of it, but I'd seen it in chunks and never in one full sitting. You know, It never worked out that way. I finally did it. Sat down and I loved it. And I loved it far much more than you know the original Dracula. Dracula's kind of slow. Frankenstein's got stuff going on all the way through, and I liked it much much better. And if you don't develop an appreciation, if nothing else, you kind of lose a perspective. You lose a great option. Yeah, it's true. Here's a here's a, you know let's go with something funny. Great comedy It's one of my favorites. I love Steve Martin. I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. Anything Steve Martin does especially if he is involved in the making of it. He's a cerebral but funny guy. Some of my favorite movies, L.A. Story, is a great, it's a retelling of a Shakespeare story, actually, but done very early 90s contemporary. Uh, But one in particular, Bowfinger. He and Eddie Murphy team up, where Steve Martin is a schlocky filmmaker, and he wants to make a movie, and he wants the world's biggest action star played by Eddie Murphy to be in it. But how do you Eddie do that? Eddie Murphy, there's, there's no the world's way. biggest action. Well, star. he stars as a different <laughs> character, but it's Eddie Murphy. So, well, how do we film him and get him in the movie? There's no way we can afford him. We're a nobody filmmaker. So you film the movie with him in it without Eddie Murphy's character knowing he's in the movie. So people just go walk up to him and say their lines. And there's guerrilla filmmakers hiding in the bushes and so forth. And Eddie Murphy plays a dual role with his, you know, dim-witted brother who's willing to be in the movie. And so, for for long shots, and there are some great scenes. Uh, Eddie Murphy running across a crowded freeway, which they did for real, with, you know, stunt drivers. But still, I mean, they didn't CGI this. This was real. Oh. It is funny. It is downright funny. And Frank Oz directed it. It came out in the late 90s, 1999. Bowfinger. If you look around, you'll find it. Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, great team up. It's a hoot. It's a laugh out loud and deep. And it and takes some digs at some things that Steve Martin is so, uh, so cerebral with a lot of things, but can present it in a way that is just funny. And I won't get into the rest of it, just well worth a watch.
1: Okay. Fascinating. Frank Oz. Directing it, that suddenly stuck out in my mind there as you were going through all of that. Well, for,
0: most people know Frank Oz as a puppeteer. He's with the Muppets. You know, He's also the voice of a lot of well-known characters like Fozzie Bear, Miss Piggy, and not to mention Yoda. But he's become, in the, since the 80s, a very well-known director. Not just with Muppet properties, but he directed another Steve Martin movie with Michael Caine, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. He—oh, What else has he directed? So many movies. And he'll show up as an actor occasionally in a lot of John Landis movies. I just watched Spies Like Us the other night, and he's in that movie with a brief cameo. And uh, Frank Haas does everything. He's just, he's a hoot. And as, the moment he speaks, you know him Oh, 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 he's Yoda. And that's almost his real voice in a yep. way. It's not that changed. No, you're not all that far off from it, yeah.
1: which, is, which is kind of funny there. Bowfinger,
0: but... great movie. Go see it. Steve
1: Martin, I love that movie. Here's another general suggestion for people um, in terms of where to go if you're looking for movies. And, by the way, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater as we continue to talk through ideas for what They'll to watch here during, yeah, and they will be back.
0: And I are going to the, I really do. And with the yeah. summer season coming up, guess yeah. what I'm not going to see? Oh, and even if this thing passes, okay, well, it's all safe to go and do things now. You know, until there's a vaccine, I don't know how anxious I am to want to. And when they finally do open their vaccines, what's lined up to come out?
1: That's why, that's why I said make it a home movie experience. Yeah. You know, that's
0: why I was kind of
1: encouraging along those lines in that way.
0: And I'm glad that some of those movies that deserve a big screen release are going to wait for it. Yeah. You know, Top Gun Maverick, for example, has been pushed. When will it come out? Good question. We'll tell you when we know. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, I want to see it on the small screen at home, but I want to see it first In all of its giant, you know, they took extra time anyway just to get the aerial sequences. I want to see all the nuances of that sequence with the surround sound and all of it. And on a big screen, I'm glad that it's not going to jump the gun and come out to home release early. I want to get there, but not yet. Whenever it comes out, I'll be there.
1: I have some encouragement for people in terms of uh, what if you're looking for for other alternative ideas. And if you have, if you have cable or if you have some kind of, um, some kind of TV subscription, as far as like YouTube TV or Hulu or something, I would encourage if you're looking to, to get into, I'm looking for new ideas. I'm looking to maybe try something off the cuff, try TCM, just watch TCM. Very simple way to, if you want to give a new movie a try and maybe look for a classic movie, if you're willing to give that a, give that a go, I would just encourage watch TCM like now is a great time to tune in for Turner Classic movies because they they've got such a wide array of of movies that they pull from that they play um and, and different, yeah, different styles it, it seems almost every night as far as what you might get from TCM. One of the things I do when I when I get up in the morning is I like to check what the schedule is for TCM for the day so I can see, hey, do I want to sit down at such and such time and watch this movie, um, or do hey this looks kind of interesting? Maybe I should maybe I should uh, record it even though I can't watch it at the time. Maybe I should record it and um and and get a look at this. I'm I'm gonna pull up what I've got recorded at least right now because there were there were a couple of that I were looking at that I was looking at. One of them is is an older Alfred Hitchcock movie from I think 1942 or early 1940s called. Suspicion. Oh, okay. Yeah, suspicion. It's got Cary Grant in it, um, and I I forget who the who the lady lead is in in that movie. I've got to take a look again. Um, but I've got that in my library. I recorded that one. I've been meaning to watch that one. Um, I've been meaning to watch Rope as well. I haven't seen that one, so I, I've got a couple of those recorded. Another one that I recorded is the original, The Taking of Pelham 123. Oh, that's a good one, yeah. That was on the other day as well, and that was another one that I was like, you know, I've heard about that one, of course, with the remake that they did, but I was like, I haven't watched the original one of that one. And then there are a couple of movies that, that have either been on there or that have made me think, you know, I'd like to watch that a second time and get a little bit more out of that. So one of them that I recently watched was one of the original film noirs, Double indemnity oh and I got a to what I got to watch that one a second time um, just last week this wasn't on TCM but another Hitchcock movie that I only seen once and it it kind of it, it kind of left me shook the first time I watched it I was like I gotta watch this back again and see if I can get more out of it and that was the birds so oh, okay. I, I watched that again classic um and then here's another one that was on just recently on TCM maybe you've seen it I, I'm guessing you've seen it
0: it's a mad 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 world. Yeah, that's one of my dad's favorites. That's one of those I don't think I saw all the way through, but I've seen all of it, but in different chunks. So you saw the beginning and then you stopped. I saw the middle to the end, and then stopped. You know, I've seen it all. My dad, he loved the Pink Panther and Blake Edwards and you know mad those the kind six, of screezy crazy zany screwy movies
1: those zany 60s comedies yeah. actually i just um i just got another one of those in the mail the other day those magnificent men in their flying machines yeah another one that was like that so i've been watching a few of those mixing in some of that but tcm's a great place to go because again you're going to get your obviously going to get classic movies, but you'll get different themes and you never know what might be on there on a given day and it's worth trying out. You know, I've heard of that movie, but I've not gotten to watch that movie, especially if you want to watch something that's a little bit older, maybe a bit more nostalgic. Maybe maybe it is a black and white movie or maybe it's a, a classic movie that you've never really considered before. And Netflix has done a pretty good job of mixing in some yeah. some older classics. For instance, they've got the original True Grit in there right now and that's on my list uh to watch um but if you really want to get your fill of you know i want to try an older movie out tcm's the way to go if you want to if you want to take it in from a let's see what's on kind of thing like bring the movie to me rather than oh i've got to try to work on picking this out Which sometimes it's nice just to have a movie given to you and sit down and watch and you don't have to worry about the commercials there oh
0: yeah you know, TCM is good for a lot of things. It's, the best way I would describe it is it's the best movies that you've been missing out on for a lot of people. Uh, especially if you're on the younger generation and you probably haven't seen a lot of those things prior to, say, the 80s classics. You never really dipped back beyond that. TCM is great for that. The best movies that you've been missing out on, they'll bring you up to speed. It's like the cool kid letting you in on the joke. Um, but also they have a lot of theme nights know tonight we 're going to do you know yeah. it 's all about this particular actor or this kind of genre we 're going to do chase movies or you know whatever the case is and they 're fun and they 're good and you know some of those classic movies are classics that don 't necessarily resonate with me, but I can understand why they were classics and that in and of itself is good enough. Good is good maybe not everything that 's great resonates with you i don't like every sport but i 'm a sports fan know what I mean I like movies but i don 't like every movie that I see. And even some of the good ones, like, yeah, Lord of the Rings, great movies, but they they were okay, you know, for me. And that's kind of what TCM is. You know, get a good life as a banquet. Get yourself a spoon and start scooping up some helpings of this and some of that and go see some of those movies. Um, If all you want to do is consume a Mick movie and it doesn't matter what it is, fine. But get some, you know, meat and potatoes in there, not just candy stuff.
1: Yeah. They've been, um, for instance, as far as a theme – on Saturday nights, they've been, they've been getting ready for this new podcast they're going to be launching, and it's, it's a podcast where they talk with uh, Peter Bogdanovich. And so they've been playing Peter Bogdanovich movies on Saturday nights. So I, I watched one of them recently. It was called Targets, um, and I was watching that one. I, think it was one. I think it was his first major movie that he did. Um, it has Boris Karlov, I think, in his last film role, and he's this aging horror star who comes face-to-face with a modern-day kind of horror a serial killer that's interesting I never heard of that it's one. it's kind of harrowing to watch given the way that mass shootings have become very commonplace oh yeah this is this is a movie where there's there's literally a serial killer who's just um he's just going on a rampage and boris karlov's character comes face to face with him i think siri heard her name being said there and just started talking <laughs> to me <laughs>
0: Welcome to technology. So anyway,
1: um, well, I'm going to go shut Siri down here momentarily.
0: While you, while you do that, i got a, I got one to pass along. It's kind of in that vein, it kind of sounds like. And it was actually already on my list. Phone booth. You've got um, Kiefer Sutherland does the voice, pretty much, of a sniper. I mean, it's the most basic setup ever. You've got Colin Farrell in Times Square in New York City answers a ringing phone booth, you know, back when there were still phone booths and well, the voice on the other end says i've got a rifle pointed at your head you're not leaving that phone booth it's 90 minutes and it's this is what jud apatow needs to learn this is where the power of editing comes in it's a 90 minute movie if that
1: <laughs> that's not a bad thing no
0: yeah. but it's compact and it's just every is every moment means something and it keeps moving and it keeps pace it's yeah. it's a fast breath of fresh air and it is such a basic premise but marvelous premise and you're, you, know, Colin Farrell's character is all about his image and the way he looks to everybody else. It's Kiefer Sutherland's character, who you only really hear, who's got a menacing voice, is <laughs> saying, "You're going to bare your soul truthfully because I know more about you than you think, and if you don't, oh boy." And it's, I mean, and go. It's, it's wow. just a great movie, and it's, it's fast. Came out in like 2002, maybe something like that. Great movie, highly recommended.
1: Here's another movie I hadn't seen before, but I got to see on TCM recently. Have you watched the getaway, Dave?
0: I saw not the Steve McQueen version, but I saw the Alec Baldwin, Kim Basinger you version. You saw the remake. Okay. I saw the remake.
1: I've I got to watch the the Steve McQueen, Ally McGraw one, which I didn't realize that was the movie that brought them together. Yeah. In terms of coming together um, outside of movies as well. But yeah, the getaway. So I, I just got to watch that one recently too. Um, McQueen is this this uh this Criminal who get who gets busted out of well not busted out he gets he gets an early release from prison um, with the help of Ali McGraw who plays his wife in the movie she she helps arrange his release uh, thanks to this crime boss but then he has to do a job for the crime boss things go awry and then you kind of watch um, McQueen and McGraw's characters re- relationship kind of evolve as they have to go essentially on the run and it's it's kind of it's kind of bare bones in some ways a little bit when it comes to the story, and yet it works it still works pretty well and it's it's fairly entertaining. The two of them have, have pretty good chemistry together and it, it works to be
0: pretty good. Well, in the they're end. one of Hollywood's most celebrated romantic couple duos that was on screen and off screen. And they had amazing chemistry. They're a more modern slightly more modern version of like Bogey and Bacall. <laughs> That's kind of crazy to think about. Were they in any other movies together?
1: I couldn't think yeah, of any others. they but.
0: were – Kevin Jackson just walked by. Kevin, what's another movie that uh, McGraw and McQueen were in? Steve McQueen and uh, Ally McGraw. I don't remember any except The uh, Getaway. Yeah, The Getaway. Yeah. They might have been their only team-up, but they were you know in real life together. But I a mean, darn good movie, great couple, sizzling – Crackling chemistry. I
1: mean, they did have great chemistry. Although I still think McQueen's best on-screen uh, romantic pairing was with Faye Dunaway and the Thomas Crown Affair. But I'm I'm pretty partial toward that, though. But I mean, they they did have some great chemistry in in the Getaway. Him and him and Ali McGraw. Um, who I hadn't seen a whole lot of previously in terms of her movie work, but um, was very she, good.
0: She did some notable work, but it wasn't. I mean, she's Love been Story around, was the big one. though. Yeah, she's been yeah. around for a while, but she. It was her team ups that really kind of made it work. But you know, Steve McQueen was Hollywood cool. Oh yeah, back in the day, I just watched
1: went, Bullet the other day again. Oh so, yeah,
0: yeah, The I've, Great Escape. He's so good yeah. in that. You know. Here's a a good one worth checking out. We talked about Alec Baldwin before that came to mind. Did you ever see The Edge with he and Anthony Hopkins? You know,
1: I'm pretty sure I've heard of it. I haven't watched it, but I've heard of it.
0: It's a good, I like to watch it in the wintertime when it's really cold out in the wintertime and I'll be by the fire or something. We're warm and toasty, feeling sorry for these survivalists that have to survive. Uh, Without getting into much of the backstory, there's a plane crash, a small float plane. And uh, now they got to make their way out of the wilderness, and not only that, there's a bear that's following them. And this is, you know, CGI was a thing at this point, but they didn't do it. They had an actual trained, you know, bear that was a movie bear that they knew. Not one scene is a CGI bear. It's all either animatronic or a real-life bear. And scenes with a real-life bear, you can't believe that there's people interacting with this bear for real. And it's a great movie it's a it's a character piece but it's also a survivalist piece it's a great survivalist movie
1: it seems like anytime animatronics are involved there's always like mixed reactions in terms of how well they get used or how well it gets done
0: well this was the movie came out like i think 97 so if they had done cgi it would have looked like cgi you know a lot of cgi shots probably look good then but they don't really hold up so much today um, so they didn't use any of that in this. I think maybe the the the, the plane crashes because they fly into birds. They may have CGI the birds. They're kind of blurs hitting the hitting the windshield of the plane, but that's all that there was. And then the plane crashes in the wilderness. There's only four people on the plane. Three survive, and now they got a bear after them. There are some scenes that still from this movie haunt me to this day. It's a good. That's
1: saying something. You're a horror guy, but it's and not a thriller. Horror movie. Kind of, it's it's, got it's some more of a thriller.
0: It, there's some bear moments that are straight-up horror, but the movie in and of itself is man against nature, bears or otherwise, and trying to survive up in the mountains, and it's getting cold in winter, and there's a clashing dynamic between Anthony Hopkins and, and Alec Baldwin. Of course. And they're both great actors anyway, and it's a great movie. Didn't do amazing at the box office, but that's not to say it's not a great movie. Well worth a watch.
1: Hmm, Okay. See that's part of the fun is finding those deep cuts and yeah. a little bit during and a time like this can allow for just give some of those deep cuts a try maybe it's got an an actor involved who you really enjoy watching or maybe a director is involved who you really really enjoy uh their their work or maybe there's some kind of thread in terms of the type of story that it is this is the time really to to give those kinds of things a try you know that's why we're just we're just lobbing ideas out there some of it too is Hey, peruse around Netflix a little bit. take a look at disney plus what What does Hulu have in the library right now? What's just rentable on amazon prime exactly yeah give Give those things a look. you know maybe you 've heard of it, maybe you haven 't dabbled into it though, but maybe it 's worth giving it a try because now 's the time where you might be able to do that
0: and show some love to traditional terrestrial you know there we talked about this not too long ago. Some of the networks are going to start bringing back Sunday Night Movies. Uh, I think it's CBS. Is are it? they officially doing that? No, NBC, I think. NBC, I think, is going to be doing, uh, maybe it is CBS. I can't remember. But Sunday Night Movies are coming back. Are they? I, th- I think it is CBS. That okay. They're going to start, I think, in May. And Sunday Nights, they've already plotted them out. And, I mean, they're great movies. You know, Indiana Jones is one of them. Um, and so they used to do this for the longest time and they kind of got away from it on in the Saturday early, nights, yeah. Or, I mean, they had, they had movies of the week, like Monday night movies, they had them all the time, and they kind of stopped in the early 2000s. Now they're coming back, and those were big events and those were fun because not everybody streams, not everyone has cable. There's great shows to see, so when you do have you know cable or satellite or whatever. And you're flipping down the guide, and you see some movies coming up. Go check them out if we're you know some of them we're talking about, or what well, I heard about this, but i I never seen it. Go see it There's a reason why you're hearing about it because hopefully you're hearing it's very good, yeah,
1: I would say too, and this is kind of the mindset that I've had on this. Be willing to dabble into new stuff, yeah, but don't let that stop you from going back to some of your old standbys or ones that maybe you have seen one time before or two times before because I think The Familiar is kind of good for people at a time like this as well. And it seems it seems it's maybe a, a little cheesy, but it is. Yeah, it's kind of like a hug, and it's, it's The Familiar. And even if it's one that, that you've seen before, it's all right to go back and watch The Familiar because right now The Familiar can be kind of good for people who are just kind of trapped at home wondering, you know, what's, what's coming up? What's ahead? The Familiar can be kind of nice just to take a break and just to enjoy, you but know, put the phone away though for the familiar. Don't yeah. just use it as an excuse to have as background noise. Enjoy the familiar.
0: There's, you know, movies are kind of like food. I've, we've made the analogy before, and I mean that in all ways. Whether you sit down to have a quick McMeal, just something to throw in and then move on to the next thing. That's nothing wrong with that. I like to go to restaurants and they got a great menu, but I always order the same thing in some places. Why? Because it's a familiar. B. I really like it. I've probably tried other things on the menu. In fact, a lot of places I have. But I know what I really like, and I'm really feeling this. Or you can get out of your comfort zone. I'm going to go to the fanciest restaurant in the state. Never been there, heard of it. We're going. It's going to be like a $100 per plate kind of dinner. But, you know, it's not the kind of thing you're going to do every night. But every once in a while, special birthday, whatever, we're going to do it. It's going to be definitely not the norm. It's not my thing, but we're going to try it. And well worth checking out, trying the familiar, going back to it. I mean, how many times have I seen Star Wars, just the original? Watched it again last night for I don't know how many times it's been. It's got to be legitimately coming up on 100. You know, i watched it 100 times. I probably legitimately have pretty close. I'm surprised you haven't. <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. If I had to guess, I'd say somewhere around 100 times. So, you know, we got one step closer wow. or over. I mean, wherever, wherever we happen to be on that. Here's one worth checking out. It's a Ridley Scott movie that is not sci fi. Came out in the mid 90s called White Squall. Jeff Bridges and a cast of young guys that some of them went on to fairly decent careers. Some of them you never saw again. Got a name or two in there? Uh, Yeah. uh, Ryan Philippe is in it. Um, Oh, who was the main actor from Party of Five? I could see his face. I could see his name, and I can't say it. A couple other guys as well. Ethan Embry's in it. Um, Oh, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry's in it. Um, It's based on a true story. Back in the 60s, there was a guy, played by Jeff Bridges, who had an old schooner, like an old tall-mast sailing ship, but he converted it into a school. So you get onto this ship and you sail, and you learn how to work with others and how to become a team while you go through school. And tragically, the ship was hit by a major storm at sea, and not all, but many were killed and that 's what the movie 's about not so much the the catastrophe that 's more toward the end of it, but the whole ship itself is kind of like a metaphor for the movie itself it 's a journey it 's a character movie it 's a drama, and it 's a great one and of course, ever got all the recognition for the storm sequence, which was shot practically they had this, they had a duplicate of the ship on a big gimbal with. Giant fans blowing water and waves, and all of it was done pretty much practically and some miniature work. But it's not about that. It's a really good, dramatic story. Jeff Bridges does a great role in it. The shots are gorgeous. I mean, it's a ship at sea, and it's not a pirate ship sea movie either. It's relatively contemporary. And it's a true story. This makes me want to watch Master and Commander again. It's kind of <laughs> like that. Ridley Scott knows how to do a movie generally. I mean, some movies not necessarily the case. But this is one of those where it's a great drama. It's not one that's like, wow, that was the most amazing movie I ever saw. Did you like it? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was interesting. and It'll make you think a little bit. It's, uh, it's one worth checking out. That it's a may deep have, cut. May, yeah, it's a yeah. deep cut. Maybe off your radar. Maybe you never heard of it in the first place. White squall, uh, White Squall with Ridley Scott, Jeff Bridges is in it. Came out in ninety six. Ninety six, that
1: was the one. Yeah, hey. I looked it up. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I that that does make me think. Well, it makes me think of sailing movies just in general. Yeah, but, but I like I like that idea because again, it's a different kind of movie for the one who was putting it together, Ridley Scott. Like you said, taking a step away from more of the sci fi realm into a different kind of thriller.
0: And, There's a There's a philosophical message with that movie that's said in the movie that I've picked up probably from the movie, the journey's the thing. You know, well, why do you do that? Where are you going on your motorcycle? Doesn't matter. The journey's the thing.
1: I think we titled one of our episodes, one of our earliest
0: episodes, that very thing. Could have. Yeah. But it's a good metaphor. You know, the journey's the thing. It's not where you're going – it's not even necessarily how you get there. It's the journey, the ups, the downs, the lows. It's a metaphor for life, just like going on that ship the, and watching a movie, maybe one that you've seen 100 times before or one that you've never seen before. The journey's the thing.
1: Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Thank you again for joining us today. Any other quick movies before we depart, Dave? I think we've given people enough ideas as far as things to write down, things to watch, things to do.
0: I had one more on my list, and funny enough, uh, it was on the air this morning and it brought this up. Something bizarre. You just watched 12 Monkeys, and it's uh, by the same director, uh, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam, who's the only American from Monty Python. And Funny Correct. enough. He's from Minnesota. He's from St. Louis Park. I think he lives in England now, but he's from here. And uh, he is he,
1: an, a British citizen. I think we talked about that on the last episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: he kind of went. Everyone from Monty Python went their own way. He became more of a behind-the-scenes director, writer guy. And all of his movies are, to put it mildly, surreal. And Twelve Monkeys is on that list. Um, but the one that I always was the most drawn to. It's from the early '80s, I think it came out like maybe 81 or 82 It's called time Bandits. It's science fiction, and just everything about it is bizarre. It's about a group of traveling uh, traveling small people like midget types that steal God's map for time and they find these time portals and they jump from time era to time era, some historical events, some more you know fantastical land of giants and so forth. And they're trying to find the riches and the treasures that are hidden throughout time and stealing it all for themselves. You
1: have definitely told me about this movie before it's
0: bizarre, yeah, everything about it is bizarre. You'll watch yep. this movie and you'll feel like I haven't slept well, apparently because it's just it's just <laughs> weird. But it's got a great cast. It's got a great all-star cast. Sean Connery's in it. Yep. as a couple of different roles. You've got Shelley Duvall that's in it. You've got uh, uh, David Warner. It was a great John Cleese, experience. Ian John, Holm. Yeah, just about everybody from Monty Python shows up at some point. I think uh, uh, John Cleese shows up as Robin Hood. Uh, everybody from Monty Python shows up in it, I think. It's just bizarre. Everything about it. Even former Beatle George Harrison was a producer on the movie. Uh, when he got done, he never really got done with music, but he also dabbled into some film producing. And he produced this one, wrote a song for it, which is also kind of a bizarre song, but a good song. It's a toe tapper. Everything about this movie is good, but it's bizarre. <laughs> and it's but it's a great watch. One day my wife came up and I was watching it, just myself. She's like, What is this? What are you within ten minutes she sat down, she was hooked. It's bizarre. I don't know if I like it, but I can't not watch it. And it's one of those kind of movies, well worth watching, Time Bandits, Terry Gilliam 81, maybe, something like that. Um, Kenny Baker, who was the little guy inside of R2-D2, he's he one of the guys, one of the only times oh, you ever super. see his face. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's a great, bizarre movie. I'm just preparing you now. If you know Terry Gilliam movies, they're every one of them bizarre. But this one is such a fun, sci-fi, great movie.
1: Bizarre, and yet there's a lot of meaning and depth. To it. That's what oh, yeah. I learned from watching Twelve Monkeys. Is that there is you may get you may get bogged down in the visual and in the in the what you're seeing portion, but what's going on beneath the surface? There's a lot happening there.
0: And appreciate this. This day and age, everything is CGI. So now we're getting into more sci-fi, and it's all pretty much done practically in camera. Whether it's miniatures or whether it's camera trickery, it's all shot in camera with the most minimal of other stuff. And it's amazing of what they can do when you really get creative rather than just, eh, we'll CGI it. Everything that you see is believable because it happened in camera. They use camera tricks to do it. How do they do that? It's possible. Rather yeah. that's eh, totally fake. I think we've
1: got a pretty good list here for people
0: to roll with. Lots of stuff for you to check out. Yeah. And it's not just here's what's streaming on Netflix. Here's what's here's what's going to be on TCM. All those are wonderful options. Sometimes it's not just, let's go watch something. Whatever just happens to pass by the window, let's grab it, stop it, watch it. Sometimes, here's a couple of great things worth looking for. Whether you've seen them and you're going to see it for the 101st time, or I haven't seen that movie in 27 years, I need to see it again. Great. I've never heard of this movie. Well, it's coming up for a reason, and not and everyone's cup of tea is different. And I haven't recommended anything that is necessarily an acquired taste. If you don't like sci-fi, well, then don't watch Time Bandits. But check out Bowfinger. You know, some great movies worth checking out. And I kind of went for stuff that maybe wasn't on your radar the first time. Well, worth checking out. Some diamonds in the rough. Did an episode on that. So here's an expansion to that.
1: Feel free to dabble. That's the bottom line. Dabble a little bit. And again, make it an experience. Have some popcorn. Turn the lights down. Maybe have a double feature or a feature. Do a film festival during a week. Come up with a theme for the week. Different movie every night that pertains to that theme. Make it fun. That's how we go through this time. That's how we embrace that idea of... The journey's the thing.
0: You and your quarantine partners—your wife, your husband, your kids, uh, whoever—come up with. Okay, tonight you pick the movie, but pick something that you've never seen before, but you kind of want to see, and we're going to all see it together. Show me your favorite movie, maybe one I've not really wanted to watch, but I'd like to appreciate what you come to love. Whatever the case, and uh, and whatever the case, do it because entertainment is being uh, consumed in a way like we can't. I can't remember whether it's a comforting thing. Whether it's, well, what else am I going to do? Well, let's learn a new language. Let's try a new movie. Let's try a, I never liked sci-fi movies, but they're popular, obviously. Go see one. You know, I don't, I've always heard of this actor, Steve McQueen. Go see a Steve McQueen movie. Not the director. Well, you can see one of his movies too, but I'm not yes. the actor. You know, go see Steve McQueen, or see both of them. Try something new. Try something familiar. Try something that might in, de- de- deepen your appreciation for movies where they've been. So you can appreciate where they're going and how we're getting there. And maybe take a look at what movies are today. Maybe they're better today. Maybe they're not as good. It depends on your perspective. But you got to have a wide breadth of what you've seen and liked and not liked to appreciate what is and is not good. Well, if that's not deep for
1: you. Oh, I, I know. I think that's a pretty good place to leave it on. And, hey, that's part of the fun is picking one out and then just sitting down to enjoy it. So enjoy that. We will pick things up with you in... Just a few short days time from now. We're glad to have you though on podcast one or wherever you subscribe to podcasts for Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. And again, give us subscription and uh, we will and you'll get ep- updates and new episodes as they come in.
0: Usually every couple of weeks, roughly, roughly every two. That's Not right. Always, but pretty close. Yeah for three years now.
1: So subscribe and any, anytime there's a new episode, it'll it'll pop right up for you. So I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you at the movies.